Welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. This podcast is presented by the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation and hosted by our CEO, Jamie Irvin. At the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation, we work with manufacturers, distributors, and repair shops who want to grow their business. Do you have a problem that you would like some help with? We have developed fault codes for heavy duty parts businesses, just like they have for commercial trucks. Find out how many fault codes your business has and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. You're listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the podcast where you will get expert advice about the heavy-duty parts you buy and keep you informed about what's happening in the industry. This episode is sponsored by truckpartsinventory.com. Lowering costs per mile is all about finding the right part quickly. At truckpartsinventory.com, you will save time by searching inventory from around North America in one place. You will save money by having the option of buying new, used, or aftermarket parts. You'll save yourself work by sending a parts request and having companies contact you. Truckpartsinventory.com is easy to use and it's free. Go to truckpartsinventory.com today. A phrase that people often use is, this is a diesel engine. The problem should be easy to diagnose. The most accurate part of that statement is that it's a diesel engine. There's nothing really easy about diesel engines anymore. The whole engine has been transformed by technology over the last 30 years. And if you want a history of the diesel engine, you can listen to episode 24, where I interviewed Craig Barnes, who worked at Cummins for over 30 years. He's now retired, but he talks about the evolution of powering commercial vehicles. The good thing about electronic diesels is that the technician can link up to uh, the engine with a scan tool, like one that diesel laptop sells, and you can analyze the data in order to try to pinpoint the problems. But some problems may be tougher to diagnose. Take, for example, an injector issue. Like anything else, injectors can get tired and become weak over time. So to help us talk about injection systems overall, I'd like to introduce Robert Isherwood, CEO of AMBAC International. Formerly American Bosch, AMBAC has been manufacturing and supplying diesel fuel injection systems for heavy-duty commercial and military applications since 1908. Robert, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Jamie. It's good to see you again. Yeah, we got a chance to meet at, uh, I guess it was HDAW, and then uh, we, we saw you. Grapevine, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Grapevine, yeah. And we got to uh, get to know each other a little bit, and I wanted to have you on the show, and so here we are. Robert, what's the most common reason people have a diesel fuel injection system failure? You know, Jamie, that's, that's a, good, a great question. And it's so simple, and everybody's heard it before. I know everybody's heard it a hundred times before, but it's really worth talking about. Proper maintenance is the number one thing you can do to lower your cost per mile and protect your injectors and protect your whole vehicle. You know, 99% of the time when we get a story about somebody who's had a, a over-the-road failure or an engine failure and we really dig into the details, you know what it is? It's dirt. Either dirt in the oil or dirt in the fuel. Dirt and water destroys more fuel injectors than anything else. So that's the thing to maintain when you, you know when you start seeing an injector fault code or a fuel system code or something like that. What you're really seeing is a, something is dirty fault code. And 
that is the number one thing you can do to protect your fuel system. It's interesting with fault codes because really when you think about it, a fault code is you know supposed to tell you what the problem is, but really it's probably actually indicating more of a symptom, that there's a problem somewhere else that caused this failure and you got to figure that out. Yeah, exactly. And and it's really, a, a, that's where, you know, good technicians are, you know, they, they're worth their weight in gold, to be honest, because a fault code, that tells you what's hurting. That doesn't tell you why it's hurting. And you really have to understand why, because you put another, you put a, a set of injectors or a turbocharger or anything into an engine that you really don't understand the reason that it failed again. And I promise it will fail again until you get to that root cause. So as a manufacturer of diesel fuel injection systems, Robert, what keeps you up at night? <laughs> so I'll, t- I'll tell you what helps me sleep at night. And one of the interesting things about in our post-COVID world is it's really shown, I think it's really shown the public and the world in general, what the heavy-duty industry is really all about um, and how um, the men and women of the he- heavy-duty industry are really critical. And we are really dependent upon those supply chains in a lot of ways. Trucking has replaced retail, you know, because, you know, we're all work from home now and the UPS truck shows up every couple of days here or a, a FedEx delivery truck providing the things, the goods and services that we're depending on. And knowing that the no, I know, I've known the industry for a long time, but I'm really pleased to see the world get to see the industry the way I do. So that that's really um, one of the things that I think has really changed a lot. But what, you know, in terms of what keeps me up at night for the long-term future of our industry and to a certain extent, the medium, the medium and near-term future, it's about the people. And I think your podcast, um, you've done episodes where you're talking about the education of the next generation and bringing in people um, into the industry. But as we were just talking about the technicians, the engineers, the operators, and so on, we're playing a team sport and the health of the team is the most important thing for winning that game. I was actually working on the vision of, of our company and, and not just the podcast, but what are we trying to do as a, as a group to go beyond that? And one of the things that, that I really have seen, and I, I mean, we, you and I knew this before, but like you said, it's been thrust into the public's face now is how critical this industry is. And the reality is, is logistics with, with commercial vehicles is always going to be important. And so for the vision of our company, we want to empower people who sell parts and people who buy and install parts, we want to empower them because their job is to keep those commercial vehicles on the road, keep the logistics moving, which empowers our society to be stronger. So we have a much higher purpose now by focusing on that. And I totally agree with you. This, Unfortunately, it took a pandemic to really bring this to the, the public's eye, but it's been wonderful to see how people have responded. Around Ambeck, you know, we use the phrase hometown heroes all the time. Hometown heroes are the men and women that you might be neighbors with, you might know, maybe your brother, maybe you, maybe your sister, you know, and they range from war fighters to heavy duty truckers to the men and women running the machines that we're depending on. And that's what hometown heroes is really captures that idea. And now it's become a public thing. You know, everybody's realized, oh, my gosh, we have supply chains that we are dependent upon. Yes, we do. So your customers include OEMs and large distributors, but you also have a Reman program. Tell me more about that program. So remanufacturing is really exciting. We've been doing remanufacturing for customers ranging from the United States Marine Corps and the United States Army all the way through to engine OEMs that you've heard of and everyone knows. We've been doing remanufacturing for decades. 
one of the things that's important to remember to think about remanufacturing, and, and we've heard this on your podcast before, but remanufacturing is not repair and is not refurbishment. We are an OEM remanufacturer and we are an OEM manufacturer. And that's really the difference. Remanufacturing is a process of bringing things back to at or above OE standards. And actually, in many cases, our remanufactured product is better than the new product that came with the engine originally. And as proof of that, our warranty on remand is the same as our warranty on new products. And it's that good. Now, AMBAC has worked um, as a member of and is working with the Remanufacturing Industries Council, which is a partnership of RI with Rochester Institute of Technology, creating a standard for remanufacturing. Because when you think about it, when people go to buy a new product from an OEM and they want that brand name, what they want is trust. They want to be they want to know that they're getting a part they can trust. And so the Remanufacturing Industries Council is creating standard of four remanufacturers that delivers that level of trust. We're not a repair shop, and we're not a rebuilder, and we're not a garage mechanic out there. We're a full-blown OEM manufacturer. And we remanufactured product gives a great option that gives you both OE quality and a price point that makes sense for a professional heavy-duty operation. And the other thing as a personal thing in mind is remanufacturing keeps jobs in North America. So we're doing it in Columbia, South Carolina and in North American operations. So it's really important in a lot of ways. When I was remanufacturing pneumatic controls for logging and mining early in my career, around 1998 to early 2000s, one of the things that we saw was because we tore apart all the cores, we saw the repetitive failures. And that's how a reman product can be better than new because you you see those failures and then you reimagine how that could work and you create a process to to fix that issue and then you've made a product that's actually better than the OE. So that's that's how what we saw. I'm sure you see the same thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you like you said, and you get to see what the in terms of the life cycle of a product and the kinds of. I don't want to call them design flaws, but design considerations that were made early on that present problems later on for the longevity of the product. And you can, you can re, in remanufacturing, you can engineer those out so you can reduce the, the problems. You also have the opportunity to add in features. So as the life cycle of a product goes, goes, as it goes through its life cycle, there may be things that would be of interest or an opportunity to add that might change the performance characteristics um, or the fuel economy characteristics, lots of things. And you can enter those into the remanufacturing process. So I, I saw in your profile that you've won a couple innovation awards in your in your career. What is it like working for a company, you know, being at the helm of a company that has been around for over a hundred years and trying to keep that company new and and moving forward? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I tell people often that we're a 100-year-old startup, and I, I was I was grateful and honored to have won innovation awards in the past. And one of the things I think, as a as a 100-year-old company, um, and in my personal role as a 100, you get a sense of history. Um, you get a sense of I don't want to say gravity, but maybe it's responsibility to maintain the the legacy the the heritage the quality the trusted relationships you know, we have we have relationships with customers that go back longer than I've been alive literally and I'm 52 years old so you get a sense of that but then also at the same time maintaining the vitality and the energy of um, innovation and creativity and explore, exploration 
I think that's really, a, it's a magical thing to be able to do. And, you know, we do it at AMBAC. We play a lot of games and we have a lot of fun. And I think that's something that, you know, in the heavy duty industry, in the old companies in general, you don't think of them as fun or dynamic or anything. But you know, just as an example, a few minutes ago, I got off of a conference call where we were discussing whether or not we we're talking about what kinds of games we're going to be playing in the spring as the weather starts to break open. And I think that kind of an attitude of, of playfulness and mixed with the sense of responsibility and, and uh, trust that the public has placed in us, it's a wonderful combination. You're listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and we've been speaking with Robert of Ambeck International. Robert, you do not just manufacture parts, but you've also got several services that you offer, including access to your labs. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, absolutely. So an interesting thing about uh, Ambeck International is that we're employee-owned, open-book managed, um, and very entrepreneurial. But uh, our heritage of being in fuel injection, which is extremely high-precision manufacturing, so we measure in microns, and microns is one millionth of a meter, right? A human hair is 100 microns thick. So we're manufacturing tolerances that are considerably smaller than the thickness of a human hair. So we have capabilities in, that few in the world can match. And we are able to, while staying true to our purpose of providing power systems to hometown, our hometown heroes, we can provide services to the, to the industry that, that other people can't. Now, here's something interesting. It's really very exciting that's been happening in manufacturing um, in general, and it's accelerating. And that is that um, once upon a time in manufacturing, you had to have a very, very large operation that was moving very, very high volumes in order to be able to do it cost effectively. That's all changing. As you mentioned in your podcast earlier about um, how to work from home during COVID, and you touched upon how the sales cycle is changing, which I thought was a very interesting conversation. A similar thing is happening in manufacturing. So, you know, partially empowered by the internet, largely empowered by having a secure transportation network that we can all rely upon. We're able to do things in terms of cost efficiencies of small scale product development and service provision within the manufacturing environment. So now it's a little bit like Airbnb or Uber in a sense of manufacturing. So a, a partner company doesn't have to have extremely high precision labs where you can measure one millionth of a meter. We have that and you can you take advantage of our services for that. So you can put together a portfolio of partner companies to produce a product. Now that's been true for a long time, but it's accelerating rapidly. And now we're getting to where you can produce an infinite number of variations of any product. So you can tailor a product or a solution for a specific problem. So you, manufacturing, instead of being at like massive scale, becomes manufacturing at human scale. And manufacturing at human scale is really exciting. And it really has huge impacts for the heavy-duty industry as a provider of the transportation services that drives that kind of ability. So we're starting to see that happen. It's been happening for a long time. We're starting to see that happening, accelerating at a rapid pace. And, you know, we're excited to be a part of that and be able to, you know, kind of plug in our unique capabilities into other people's value chains and to deliver value for everyone. So from the person who's distributing your parts, how does that acceleration impact their world? Think about it uh, this way. We are able to provide a wide range of products and then using some of the uh, technologies that are available and some of the things like you mentioned, diesel laptops earlier, earlier, a very innovative approach to data management around this. 
So we're able to be, uh, instead of providing, you know, 25 parts, we're able to provide 2,500 different parts. And so we're able to provide value to lots of different applications. And that's what we're really seeing is a multiplicity of applications and a multiplicity of solutions and, you know, empowered by, and our services model is a little bit part of that, but empowered by those kinds, that kind of thinking, you're able to get into really, really broad, broad ranges and you can provide unique solutions to lots and lots of different individuals instead of one solution that sort of marginally fits everyone. So then as that moves through your distributor to the people that are doing the repair, it also empowers them to be able to tackle just about any problem. So you want to be dealing with one of your distributors because uh, that's, you know, gives you access to all of that specific solution to those specific problems. It does. Yeah. And for the technician, it's working on a vehicle, you know, going back up through the value chain or back up through the distribution network. Now you, they have direct access to our engineering, for example, but we can provide services and information and engineering experience around a specific part or problem or, or solution. I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Come on, bring it on. <laughs> Tell us something about the products that you manufacture that maybe the average person in the industry wouldn't know. I'd love to hear a little tidbit about uh, a behind the scenes, if you will. So one of the, one of the things about AMBAC as a manufacturer, and I've, I've seen this a lot in, in heavy duty world, maybe people know it or maybe people don't know it, but it's just how embedded we are in, in our relationships with our with our customers, um, with our distributors, with the men and women driving trucks. You know, as an example, there are several people around um, around AMBAC, including myself, who at once upon a time, we were the men and women driving, driving the trucks. Um, and we were the operators. We have a lot of, you know, we do a lot of work with the U.S. Marine Corps and the U.S. Army. And we have a great number of people who are veterans who are working on it. So it's just, it's a, it's, you know, it's maybe not exactly what you're asking, but, but we believe in the people who are using our products because we are those people. We were once the Marine or the truck driver, and now we're making parts for the Marine Corps or the soldier or the truck driver. That's actually pretty significant in my opinion, because nothing against engineers or people that, that are in that field of work. But unless you've been actually kind of on the ground and seen it in the real world, you just can't possibly get a full understanding of the full scope. And so it's so great when you have a group of people come together that have real world experience and that are able to bring that to the engineers and give them feedback that they would never otherwise be able to get. And I think that combination is actually like you say, it might be a little bit understated, but it's very, very important. It, I think it's it's a, it's almost a competitive differentiator in a sense for us as a company, but it's certainly something that I value greatly. I mean, you want to understand as a remanufacturer or, or a manufacturer, how does it feel to be stuck on the side of the road when it's 105 degrees out and your your truck won't run and you're waiting for a tow? Well, I've done that and I'm the CEO. So... I know what that's like, and I know how wonderful that experience is when the tow truck finally shows up and you can get back on the road. You know, our, the men and women that use our products and services, uh, at the worst case scenario, if we have a quality failure, somebody could die. The best case scenario, and it's not a good case, but the best case scenario is 
that man or woman isn't going to make what they were going to make for that, try to you know, provide for their families and, and make a living. That's, that's why we focus on this market. And that's why, you know, one of the things I think that makes us great is that we sweated the day away waiting for a tow truck. I think you want to do, do business with people like that because you want to buy their parts and their products because, you know, it's, it's the driver, it's the mechanic that gets called away from his family to have to go and repair and lay on the side of the road and, and put his life at risk. It's the parts person or salesperson that also gets called away on a Friday night uh, to go down and open up the store and get the part. Like there's a lot of people that are impacted by a failure. And if it's an unnecessary failure because of just a lack of quality control, then that's a crying shame. But I mean, things do happen. So if you have people who understand what it feels like, they, you know, they bring that passion to their work every day. And why not support companies like that? It, it really makes a difference. You can't, nobody can know what it's like until you've been there. You, know, you don't know what it's like to be the guy until you're the guy. As we move away from fossil fuel technology, we're seeing the introduction of new technology, things like electric vehicles and other power sources. How do you anticipate reacting to these changes in, in technology? So interestingly, AMBAC has been a pioneer in what we think of as, quote, alternative fuel systems and emission controls for a long, long time. You know, decades ago, we were working on natural gas powered diesels. We've done diesel um, natural gas hybrid blends. We did the, a lot of the early pioneering work on urea injection. So, so we are we are um, old hands at new stuff, I could, you could say. But what's really happening now is very exciting in that um, with the introduction of electric vehicle power plant and alternative fuels. So you have a range of fuels that go, you know, from traditional diesel all the way through natural gas, and now hydrogen is starting to come into some play. And market and then there's electrification and all the battery technology around that and then there's hybridization right so you can have a diesel electric hybrid a natural gas electric hybrid and those kinds of things so what that's great news we believe and i believe that that's great news for the industry and it's great news for the consumer and it's great news for our future living on this earth and it dovetails to exactly what i was saying earlier about having this range of products and being able to manufacture to small volume high fit instead of high volume, low fit. So now the fleet manager or the owner operator or the, um, the driver has a range of products that they could choose from, a range of power systems so they can get exactly this correct solution, the perfect solution for their climate, for their condition, for their price point. And one of the things I think that's important, we should all in our industry have a moment and we should talk about this. What does it mean to be heavy duty? And once upon a time, it meant big diesel engines. I don't think that's true, and I don't think that was ever true. I think that means 24-7 reliability doing hard work in the toughest conditions on the earth. I think that's what heavy duty means. And I think every one of our hometown heroes, from a warfighter to an over-the-road driver, needs power that they can count on. So we, I believe that for a long time, and we believe that in AMBEC. So we invented some of the engineering concepts that are quote you know alternative now and although we are known for fuel injection we're very proud of our work in fuel injection we also manufacture high pressure fluid pumping pneumatics and a range of power related products to fit all kinds of applications so for us it's great news we power work and there will always be work to do if there's one thing you want the listeners to take away from today's conversation robert what's that one thing do your maintenance Regular maintenance using high-quality products 
is the best thing you can do to improve your cost per mile. That's absolutely the number one thing you should be thinking about. Your service technician is making you money. You've been listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and we've been speaking with Robert Isherwood, CEO of Ambeck International. To learn more, go to ambeckinternational.com. Robert, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you, Jamie. This has been great. Have you subscribed to the podcast yet? Go to heavydutypartsreport.com today to subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating and review on the podcast player of your choice. I'd like to remind everyone to focus on cost per mile over purchase price and... Let's keep those trucks and trailers rolling. HCA Truck Pride is the heart of the independent parts and service channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada. Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride today to find a location near you. Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride and let the heart of the independent service channel take care of your commercial equipment.